0: Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Producer Skip.
1: Hey, I hear there's a little uh, Redcast Betcast for some golf outing going on this week, so I expect a lot of betting out on the golf course.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Honky to lose. That's what I'm going to do on that one right there. Um, Also with Redcast Rob. Hot take. Oh, you wanted to uh, um, put your money on me on the course,
2: Skip, because you know, ask Dave. I'm a sure thing. <laughs>
1: that is yeah, a flaming hot take. <laughs> flaming
0: and, out, uh, more like it. Only member of the uh, BetCast, not golfing on Friday in Colorado, Boomer.
3: Yeah, I think one of the things uh, loyal listeners, the BetCast, have learned is not to trust Rob. And once again, just following the election, his uh, three-team parlay of betting on the Whigs, the Federalists, and the Prohibition Party just didn't pay off. So, (laughs) lesson learned, folks. And that's my lock of the week. (laughs) One of these times, the Whigs are going to come back, Boomer. It's
0: going to be sweet victory. Couldn't do worse. That's right. That's about the truth, isn't it? Uh, Well, guys, uh, it was election night in America uh last night and from a sports betting uh standpoint there's some progress made uh skip can you give us a rundown of who uh has uh, passed legislation um allowing sports gambling in their states
1: can do three states approved sports betting yesterday those were maryland louisiana and nebraska's neighbor to the north south dakota uh, pretty soon, Nebraska's going to be surrounded on all sides of uh, sports gambling states to go dip your toes in. Uh, that that currently brings, uh, well, currently there are 19 total states that are operating legalized sports gambling. Before yesterday's bet, there had already been three more states that have passed legislation and were gearing up to uh, get that incorporated into the, their gaming system. Uh, these additional three would from yesterday would bring the total in the United States, to 25 states operating with sports gambling. Uh, We might be getting Nebraska being the 26th. Boomer, what's the scoop that you know, based on the measures that passed yesterday with gambling in Nebraska, that maybe there's an opening for some sports betting?
3: Yeah, that was uh, kind of an interesting... uh just take we've heard today on that um, i think most of the listeners know in nebraska they we did have three initiatives 429 430 431 that uh all passed by about oh 60 percent of the vote in most cases which essentially is authorizing casino gambling at horse tracks in nebraska so you know your normal table game slots blackjack you know games of chance are allowed to be conducted at race tracks and they're putting a gaming commission together for that and uh interestingly uh today uh on uh on sports Like conduct on 1620 am uh, you had Mike Newland who's the general manager of uh, horseman's park and uh, I think the Lincoln race course here and he had mentioned to them how how they're viewing it is since games of chance are authorized in Nebraska now that theoretically that should open up uh, sports sports uh, bet sports book betting in Nebraska since that could be considered a game of chance they had referenced a couple of scenarios where uh Prior uh, attorney generals were arguing, uh, you know, those sorts of events or games of chance and thus would fall under this umbrella and could be considered part of and parcel of what uh, casinos can do here in Nebraska. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure that's going to be a big bone of contention. I'm sure there'll be, you know, lawsuits filed one way or another once that kind of gets going. But there's time for that. There's time for the legislature to actually step in and, you know, do something on that if they wanted to as well. Um, I know earlier this year when uh, one of the state legislators was uh, – Looking to actually get uh, sportsbook betting in Nebraska, he had classified it as a game of skill. Uh, you know, during that during his uh, bill that he was trying to get passed, which never really you know made it very far this year, which kind of opened up the whole initiative process in the first place. So, it's certainly possible here in Nebraska. At least it's not as impossible as it was even a year ago that we might be seeing uh, this be for more than just entertainment purposes only here. <laughs> you
0: know, Boomer, what's interesting is that uh, the sports gambling, if, if it is ultimately allowed, how it's worded in the, um, the ballot measures that passed would only allow it on the facility of the horse racing facility themselves, which I think there's six in Nebraska, right? So it wouldn't be like what skip myself and Robert are experiencing here in Colorado where we have an app we downloaded. I can gamble right from my couch. Um, you would probably have to go into these uh, new casinos um, at the horse tracks to do that, but it would be definitely a, a big step for Nebraska, and it would have a big impact on our hometown of, of Columbus.
3: Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, the the apps. There's no provisions and anything get passed for you know online gambling or betting or you know having those sorts of apps. So that that's not even a consideration. That would have to be something else the legislature could look at if they do decide to you know, to just accept this and move forward the way it seems most of the public wants to do. And, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Columbus, you know, our hometown for a lot of the, you know, the BetCast and the RedCast, um, there's a horse track there, uh, Ag Park, and it's... I'll be honest, it's kind of fallen on hard times over the years, like a lot of horse tracks have in Nebraska. It's just kind of struggling on and something like this could be, you know, a big rejuvenator for something like that, keeping that horse park going and, you know, keeping horse racing going and everything that goes along with that and Definitely opportunities here. Well, hopefully something comes of it.
0: Boomer, you you were literally were raised like 300 yards away from Egg Park, so it'd be just crazy to think that there's a sports book just that close. Skip, you visit Columbus on a regular basis now, um, and so could you imagine your trips back for the holidays suddenly just hopping over to the casino to play some blackjack or maybe a place a sports bet?
1: Oh yeah, those Thanksgiving weekends and, and Christmas when when you got bowl season and you can't do anything like those apps don't work when you cross state lines. So now I can make a, um, high V run. Uh, that's right. I said that in air quotes for use that can't see this podcast and, um, you know, <laughs> maybe duck into the casino and put a little Abraham Lincoln's down.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. Good stuff, guys. Well, we're going to see where this goes. Um, it's not an immediate thing in Nebraska. It takes a while to get the, Gaming Commission form and all the rules and regs and I'm sure there'll be a lot more conversation about this and we will follow it closely here on the BetCast. Let's head into our best bets of last week. Record Recap.
1: Yeah, uh, I went 2-1. I had... Georgia at minus 14 they did not cover oh no during their 14 to 3 victory over Kentucky I had Ohio State to cover and uh, never really felt like I had to sweat that victory over Penn State and my best bet Nevada over UNLV Uh, that covered as well that brings me to four and four on this season Redcast Rob how'd you
2: do yeah so I'm glad you asked Dave um, I had uh, Rutgers was the uh, 11 point dog there. That was my lock of the week. That didn't work out so well. Vedral oh no. had
0: 129
2: yards passing, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Um, I did have I did have Ohio State over Penn State to cover the 12 point spread. That was that was a given. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. And then um, I also picked Iowa State over Kansas. <laughs> they were 28 and a half point spread, but um, Skip, producer Skip here has basically told me to ride it out until Kansas doesn't cover or Kansas doesn't beat me, and they haven't beat me yet. Um, So we'll talk about that a little bit more later, too, when we're doing our picture this week. And that brings me to five
0: and four on the season. All right, Boomer.
3: Uh, I went one and one this last week. Uh, so first one, Old Miss just clobbered Vandy like we anticipated and covered the, the spread easily on that game. So no concerns there. Never worried about that one.
2: Twitter.
3: Uh, the loss, disappointingly, was North Carolina um, losing. Oh no! To Virginia. Uh, I was kind of annoyed at that one because Avita told me just blind that North Carolina is going to score 41 points. I would have felt more than comfortable at the the six and a half points or so or seven that I got for North Carolina in that one, especially against a Virginia team that had barely averaged more than 20 points a game all October. Somehow the the Cavaliers just were able to put 44 up on that, and UNC tried to rally late and just couldn't couldn't do it. So. Sometimes that happens, folks. So. All right, and I went one and two. Uh, I was riding
0: the Tulsa train, um, and that, that got me. I think Skip actually told me right after we recorded last week that East Carolina got their starting quarterback back. I, I could use that information before I made that <laughs> uh, bet. Oh, no. Um, aren't we working together on this, man? The syndicate? Come on. Um, K-State, um Lost to West Virginia. Oh, no. I should have thought more about that one as, as, as well as Casey. Uh, I think has, has now lost five straight versus West Virginia. Take K-State versus Texas, not West Virginia. That's the new rule there. Uh, but I did uh, get my nightcap, SMU, easily covered versus Navy. I know you tried to do a little backdoor cover of their own, but um, SMU held on. Twitter. Twitter. I am now at 4-4 four and four on the season, 1-2 and two last week. All right, and our good friend Vegas Jair got his bets in, um, and he actually went one and two. He did win Wyoming, um, but lost the over on the LSU-Auburn game. Um, LSU looking horrible in that game. And um, he also had the same bet uh, Rob uh, had with Rutgers on plus 11 and did not cover that. So Vegas Jer is now five and five on the season.
1: All right, let's jump into this week. Nebraska is hopefully back to playing football. Their line against Northwestern as a road game, they opened as a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That quickly moved up to four-and-a-half points, but right now, as of the show taping on Wednesday evening, is back down to three-and-a-half points. Uh, Initial thoughts, Dave and Boomer, when you saw that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a a reasonable number considering Northwestern's 2-0, their home, um, but a, a very manageable number, actually, and I think it's probably going to get a lot of people to, to take Nebraska at that um, that number. I think that's, you know, a tempting number to, to take the Huskers at.
3: Yeah, I think given the history of this series, you know, like we touched on in the Redcast, this it's almost always, you know, invariably a close game, no matter what happens, and then just what you've seen out of Northwestern this year, they're, they're 2-0. They do seem to have a stingy defense. They can keep games close, and they've been playing the games they want to play. Uh, with Nebraska just having limited limited reps, so you're not entirely sure what you're getting out of them yet. Um, essentially, we've had two solid offensive drives. You know, this season, but we've only played one game, so it's hard to know what you're getting. So that that's about the line I expected to open at, somewhere around that three points. So essentially, if you'd count home field advantage as anything, which you really can't when it's Northwestern, and except for the grass, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's almost a toss up game, really. So. A couple other numbers for you the over under at
1: 54.5. Uh, the Nebraska team points total is 25.5. And, and Northwestern, they have it at 28.5.
0: That's intriguing, Skip. I mean, I, I could see this being under. Um, you look at last year's game, it was 13-10. Um, you know, 27-24 is another typical score you see at this type of Nebraska-Northwestern game. So it's a lot of points to think that Northwesterns is going to drop 28 on us uh, just because of our performance was Ohio State. A completely different um, talent level there. You look at Northwestern, 2-0. and But, you know, they sure, they dropped 43 on Maryland, but... Um, Minnesota also scored a, a similar number against Maryland uh, and lost, but um, Northwestern only really scored 21 versus Iowa. That seems more of a likely Northwestern type number to me. So,
3: yeah, I expect them to kind of do the similar type of game plan like they did with Iowa and just try to just chew up clock and get those long 14, 15, 16 play drives and just keep the ball out of out of our playmakers' hands. So that, that will probably keep the score lower. So. I'd be inclined to go under if I would bet on this game, but uh, as I mentioned before, I'm not willing to bet, you know, Husker games for emotion purposes and especially a Big Ten game where I just don't know a whole lot about one of the teams for sure yet. To have, don't have enough data points on Nebraska. So.
1: Rob, what about you? Are you going to put some units on this or stay away for your, you know, emotional and mental well-being?
2: I've been trying really hard not to bet on my own teams here lately. Um, but I may actually put a little bit of money on Nebraska to cover it. Um, it's going to be really nice weather in Chicago this weekend. It's looking to be in the mid-60s, which for this time of year is a little bit higher than normal. Um, it looks like the weather is going to change a little bit going into the following week, but, I mean, you got nice weather. you got Nebraska just itching to play. I mean, if I've ever heard a team just talk about how bad they want to play, I've never heard one talk about it as much as Nebraska has been talking about it this entire, the last six months. So um, I have a feeling that Nebraska is going to come out and just lay a whooping on Northwestern, which I know does not go with the pattern of Northwestern-Nebraska games. But I just have this feeling, and I'm, I'm going with my gut, which I hate to do, but I'm doing it.
1: Yeah, I am too. I, I quickly put a big money line bet on Nebraska once I saw it at four and a half um, so I am invested. It's not going to be one of my best bets because Nebraska lets me down way more often than not uh, in the last handful of years. Um, but uh, I, I did jump on that because I'm like you, Robin. I I feel it in my gut this week.
0: What does that money line pay? That's probably the best way to go if you're just a Husker fan thinking we're going to win, right?
1: Well, right now at the three and a half point spread, the money line is plus. 133 so a ten dollar bet will get you 23
0: 30. that's not not bad for some take-home pay
1: yeah you'll be uh, more than doubling up on that investment
0: excellent all right let's head into the rest of the big ten action the big ten week ahead all right um all right skip let's run down the big ten games and uh one that i think really has our interest Is the Michigan at Indiana game So we've got Indiana 2-0 Kind of the talk of the conference right now um, Against a Michigan team that got upset Against the Spartans Uh, 24.5 point favorite I believe That actually loses outright Uh, Michigan is favored by 3 With an over under a 54.5
1: Yeah quick trivia for you guys When was the last time Indiana beat Michigan? Give me a year
0: I'm gonna guess 1987 with Anthony Thompson.
1: <laughs> well, you guys can save and... your time, that is the exact answer. 1987. Oh, nice.
0: Thanks, Dave. So... Yeah, thanks. That's no
1: problem. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they previously lost 15 consecutive games against Michigan before 1987. So it's been a it's been a hard go for Indiana. Uh, yeah, but like you, Dave, this this game immediately stuck out to me because um, I think you're getting Michigan in a good spot where they are clearly the more talented team, but everybody's fallen in love with Indiana based on their two victories, and Michigan's coming off an embarrassing loss, but you got to think Harbaugh's be a little ticked off and have them ready, but more so that... To me, you know, Indiana looks a little smoke and mirrors. They only had 2.7 yards a carry versus Rutgers and 1.6 yards a carry versus Penn State. They clearly can't run the ball right now. Uh, They only had 211 yards against Penn State total. They only had 111 going into that final drive. They got 75 yards in the final drive and 25 in overtime. Uh, and they only picked up 347 yards against Rutgers last week. So I think uh, everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon, the good story, but there's clearly a talent difference, and I just kind of like... And I think that is why the spread got to be so low where it is right now. Indiana's ranked number 13, so I kind of like Michigan in this spot, getting that such a low number. And, you know, Michigan was flagged 10 times last week against Michigan State. They, As, as you guys like to know, the Big Ten officiating is top-notch. They were throwing <laughs> all sorts of PIs on them, and so Michigan State was able to keep drives alive, move the ball. I mean, to put that in perspective, Nebraska had eight penalties against Ohio State, and we thought that was a lot. Well, Michigan had 10. So I, I feel like the number of flags will go down. That'll be in Michigan's favor as well this week.
0: Yeah, Skip, I'm I'm thinking the same way. And in, in Boomer, you know, we, we've talked about yards per Uh, point uh, stats on the red cast and skip has just pointed out the the points that indiana scored with the actual lack of production in a a yards uh, perspective is, is amazing right they're averaging i think seven yards for every point um they're they're scoring which a really good team like an alabama might might be around 11 or so at at the end of the year so there's no way that Indiana right now is is sustainable on this, right?
3: Yeah, it seems to me, like, for all the reasons Skip mentioned, they're just kind of hanging around in games and just managing to find some way to, to make things happen. I mean, they're, they're averaging 74 rushing yards a game through their two games, and that's just not going to win you a whole lot of Big Ten games. And I think, you know, another another aspect of this we have to look at is, I this game is huge for Michigan. They already have a loss, which nobody expected them to have. If they lose this... That's two losses in the conference, and you could pretty well kiss any chance of winning the East, you know, goodbye at that point. And there's pressure on Harbaugh to win this game because he's our, you know, there's hot seat talk already, you know, with another bad loss to Sparty. Yeah, if he goes off and you know loses to Indiana, you might actually have some serious talk about, about his job performance there. But this would be a chance for him to beat a ranked team, to kind of write things again, keep them alive for for an East uh, East championship this season. So, motivation wise, Michigan's got a lot of reasons to come out and play this game and kind of look better than they did last week. So, yeah, I, the spread kind of surprised me on this. And I think it is a lot of just everybody seeing a number 13 and, you know, just trying to justify it in some way or another. So.
0: Yeah, you know, Rob, um, we, we looked at the Indiana and Penn State matchup. Um and in that situation we saw that Indiana had been very competitive versus the Nittany Lions several years in a row. I was looking at Indiana and, and Michigan here and Skip just pointed out that they haven't beat Michigan since nineteen eighty-seven. And even last year, right? Let's remember like Indiana beat Nebraska last year, 38-31. thirty-one. They're a pretty good team. Let's let's just acknowledge it. Um Patrick Ramsey was a quarterback that that day. Wop Fillier is a pretty good wide receiver for Indiana. But then a couple games after they beat Nebraska, they got thumped by Michigan last year. So, um, yeah, your, your thoughts on this one?
2: Well, I mean, Indian is kind of an enigma because in all of their wins, their last seven wins, they've scored over 30 points. Um, and that goes dates back to last year. And, and, and they play really well when they win. But I'm going to throw records. I'm going to throw everything else out the door right now because if you go back to – Stanford, the 49ers, and even now Michigan. This is the kind of game where Harbaugh comes in, and he just he just lays the wood on whoever the opponent is. Because especially coming off a a game that they lose, which is a big game. And I realize a lot of people are going to say Michigan State's not a big game, but it's an in-state rival, and that's the kind of game that he's expected to win. And anytime he's expected to win a game like that, he just seems to, you know, leave it all on the bed. I think is the way we'll put it. Since we are a family-friendly uh podcast here but nice edit uh, rob yes but so i really do i think michigan comes out i think they lay wood on indiana and they just take them to the to the shed and and that just has everything to do with harbaugh's history there yeah all right well uh
0: skip it sounds like there's this is lock unity
1: i think we all have a
0: best bet of lock unity (laughs) all right let's see if this one actually works Uh, All right, let's see what else we got on the docket. Um, Speaking of the Spartans, Michigan State uh, goes to Iowa City. Hawkeyes are 0-2 but favored by a touchdown. The over-under, a Big Ten typical 46-and-a-half.
1: Yeah, the lowest over-under, once again, shocker that Iowa is involved in the lowest conference.
0: Over-under, again...
1: Haven't been able to run the ball well this year, as you guys mentioned, on the Redcast, right? A lot of passing attempts for Iowa? Yeah, you
0: know. I think uh, Spencer uh, Petrus, uh Did anybody catch the um, uh, mistake in his name pronunciation by the TV announcer last Saturday?
1: No, but I'm going to take a stab at what it sounded like.
0: You, it, it was not good, Skip, and uh, I don't think Spencer would have appreciated being called. Well, I'll just let everybody else guess what they got to. But um, uh, yeah, I think he threw fifty times, and uh, which is ridiculous. And I think Iowa only ran it. What was the right boomer? Twenty two. Yeah, times, it was. They were in the like low
3: twenties, which for an Iowa Hawkeyes team is. You know, completely inexplicable, especially, you know, when you had a lead that they did, like, 17 points at one point, or 14, I guess. No, it was 17-0 to zero at one point, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely inexplicable, really.
0: Well, I mean, Northwestern, uh, you know, was able to just do ball control and really um, march down the field to get back into that game, and then Iowa just kept on playing into their hands, and there was turnovers involved, et cetera um do you guys feel like Iowa can bounce back here and and win a game and, and cover the seven
2: yeah if you go back and look at, at both these teams the last 10 games they've had even going back to last season and it's just basically what we have to do at this point because this season states started so late this year neither one of these teams is very inspiring at all um and I mean the over, tell me I'm more over, Rob <laughs> it's I mean it is just I yeah I'm staying away from it I, I I don't even think I'll put it on the TV because I, unless I need to take a nap, I think that's. When well, I'm
0: you're
1: happy. lucky that it's on during the Nebraska game, so you probably won't be watching. I have a
2: split screen. I have a split <laughs> screen there, Skip. I <laughs> Iowa mean... does
0: not deserve
2: that,
1: Rob. These, these are two teams I want to bet against this year, so when they play each other, to me, you just yeah. kind of. Is walk there a away way and... to
2: just like bet against both teams? Is that is there a way to do that when they play each other?
1: <laughs> well, you can bet like uh, both on their team total unders or something and hope they don't <laughs> between them both. That no, would be a bad have have A low-scoring, awful game.
0: I do think that I would be shocked if Kirk Frenz doesn't try to run the ball a lot this week. I mean, he uh, Brian is the OC there and um, I would guess that Kirk is probably reign that in and he is going to run Goodson and try to establish that run and I expect I would run a lot this week. So it should be interesting.
1: Michigan State held Rutgers to 1.3 yards a carry, and um, Michigan somewhere in the three. So they have had a pretty decent defense.
0: Well, you know, from a, um, a culture standpoint, which Nebraska fans can talk about Riley DeFrost and all the issues that we had there and the transition from a 4-3 to 3-4, um, Michigan State doesn't have quite that issue because uh, Tucker is a defensive-minded coach, DeAntoni was a defensive-minded coach who recruited to that side of the ball really well. Um, I think Tucker's been able to plug and play a lot of his stuff for the personnel that Michigan State had. And so it makes sense to me that Sparty is still going to be a good defensive team. Um, It it was surprising to see Rocky Lombardi throw for 300 yards against Michigan last week, and that was what was really um, uh, a surprise in that game.
1: Yeah, Michigan ran for 4.5 yards a rush against Michigan State
0: that's not bad actually no no I think I was gonna try to hit that
1: all right uh, let's move on to the next that is Maryland at Penn State Penn State favored by 24 and a half with an over under of 62 and a half um, boomer we've seen two completely different
3: Maryland teams this year what what do you make of that yeah that's they're kind of an interesting thing I made fun of from week one and week two they took advantage of uh, just kind of a disintegrating Minnesota defense, and uh, found a little uh, rhythm with their quarterback and some exciting play there, so I don't really know what to expect on this one either. Um, Overall, I mean, Penn State should have more talent. That should go without question, but they're 0-2 and kind of reeling after, you know, an opening week loss to Indiana, and then coming out and not being super competitive against Ohio State, like I think they hoped, and are they down in the dumps at this point? And I don't know. I don't know if they know what to expect either. So, this is an interesting game to watch. I don't know if I would throw a whole lot of anything down on it. But, uh, what's the current spread on it? It's. We've got 24.5, Penn State.
0: So, just for um, historical reference, you realize that, you know, when Maryland was added to the Big Ten, one of the things was like, oh, well, Penn State finally has some. Eastern, you know, rivals, right? You know, that they played historically back when Penn State was an independent. But Penn State's won, like, I don't know how many a row. Last year, it was 59 to nothing, which we all know how bad Maryland was. Um, and then in, in 18, it was 38 to 3. Uh, year before, 66 to 3. These are all Penn State, obviously, just routing them. Um, thirty-eight, fourteen, and so, and, yeah. The, oh, it was close in in fifteen. It was thirty-one, thirty. Was the last time it was a somewhat respectable
3: game. Yeah, their lifetime series so, is uh forty wins uh, for Penn State, two wins for Maryland, and one tie. So, yeah.
1: So you're saying there's not a nice trophy they play for uh,
3: in this? If there is, it's in rivalry. a closet in Penn State somewhere. So, and <laughs> no gathering, one, gathering dust. dust, and no one's known about it for a while. So. Yeah. See,
2: and this is the type of game that I look at, and I think to myself, well, this is the perfect year for Maryland to blow them out. And that's – I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it just kind of – Blow them out? Like, like welcome Ow. to 2020, you know what I mean? Like
0: Oh, just because it's crazy.
2: Yeah, just because it's a crazy year. You know I mean? Maryland scores three points the first week. They score 45 the next against Minnesota, which obviously we know Minnesota's defense is horrible. But Penn State, too, I mean, they haven't – they've been – scoring a lot of points but they've also been giving up a lot of points and I mean who knows maybe Tua found something last week that he in himself that he never seen before and all of a sudden he's gonna come out and start just lighting it yeah, up yeah I there don't on the buy it.
0: And, I, I, yeah
2: I don't either but like that's what I'm saying I'm staying away from this game because I don't know what to expect from either team at this point
0: yeah I I might actually. I, it's not one of my best bets, but I probably would take Penn State to cover here. I, that would be my take. Maybe you will go in the over too. The over is sixty-two and a half. And to Rob's point, if if Maryland's going to put up some points, um, it, you know, they it at sixty-two and a half is quite doable.
1: Yeah, Penn State should easily be able to get to the forties themselves. Yeah, and please don't don't bet the hell out. I'm no way
2: making a pick here. I just I don't like this game at all. That's, I looked at this game and I I. Just so confused, my head started to spin. So, all
0: right, well, Skip, let's let's move on to another head-spinning game. Minnesota, uh, seven and a half point favorites over the Fighting Illini. This is in Champaign, over under at sixty-two. Anybody excited about taking the Gophers at seven and a half?
1: I'm not excited about this game in any um, way, shape, or form. I mean, Illinois is going to be without their quarterback,
0: right? Yeah, that's right. Brandon Peters is in. COVID-19 protocol uh, out for at least 21 days. So, yes, he's gone.
3: I mean, I guess it's exciting in the way a garbage barge fire is exciting when you see it going down the river, but (laughs) it's... (laughs) There's so many questions on these teams. Like I said, Illinois—they've just—you don't have a quarterback. Minnesota should have more offensive talent, and they do. You know, you got Tanner at quarterback, and you know, better receivers. Their their offensive line is better, and uh, running back, what Ibrahim—he's good. So they should be able to score points. But as we mentioned before, their defense is just awful these first two weeks, and getting shredded by everybody. So even a backup quarterback of the Illinois theoretically can move the ball on them and we we talked about it several times already their special teams is in such disarray you can't count on them to get your field position or even kick extra points in overtime so you know there's still a lot of questions for the gophers and it's not one i would have a whole lot of faith in either way
2: well the over under on this game is 62 i think as as was mentioned previously um i'm going to take the under on it i just i don't see either one of these teams and i realize they're that Minnesota's defense isn't that great. But this may be one of those aberrations where they look decent because they're playing a backup quarterback in Illinois. Who knows? Illinois supposed – their defense is supposed to be their, their their thing, right? But so I don't know. I'm just – if 62 points get scored in this game, I'll be surprised.
0: So, Rob, uh, two years ago, last time this was played in Illinois, and I've I'm, 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 got a theory now with Minnesota a little bit, maybe that – that last year was a bit of an anomaly and they're actually just regressed back to their kind of seven and six five hundred type teams that PJ had in his first two years, seventeen and eighteen. Oh, so you're thinking logically? Yeah, yeah. That actually <laughs> Minnesota because they haven't been recruiting at a top twenty five town and, and maybe sometimes you have everything come together one year and and in reality it's they're not that good. Um they were favored by nine against Illinois in 18 and lost 55 to 31. Um, so that, that definitely went went on the over right there and it maybe gives you an in, insight on how bad the Minnesota defense was two years ago. I mean, even if you had even said it
2: was last year though, David, like to me, it's this year just feels so weird. And again, I've watched these teams play. I've, I've watched more big 10 football because it feels like every game's on TV right now. Um, and neither one of these teams seems inspired to play football. And it's almost now it's like to the point where it's like, all right, who can get out of the season fast enough is almost what it feels like these teams are playing like at some point. And I hate that we're at that point. I wish I was more excited to talk about this game, but I'm just not. And I'm I, I'm telling you, I'm taking the under.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that. No, no. It's, it, it's intriguing here to me is that it's possible that Iowa and Minnesota could be zero and three after Saturday. Now both of them could be one and two, but they play each other the following week. So one of them at is at best going to be one and three halfway through the season, and that I mean they're they're definitely out of the Big Ten West at, at that point. So um, all right, well, uh,
1: boy, that would make uh, one RedCaster Mac very happy. <laughs> Those two schools starting zero and three. That's the. Tr- it makes the all of us of talking very happy. They've on. done
0: the last year.
1: That's the truth.
0: And, all right, we obviously saved the uh, marquee matchup of the Big Ten um, for last. We have Ohio State, a preeminent program in the conference and national title contender, uh, taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who are 37.5-point dogs to the Buckeyes. This is in Columbus, uh, over under at 64.5. I'm sure everybody has an opinion on this one.
1: This is a game that um, Ohio State's going to rest some of its players, so you got to think at what point uh, do the backups come in. Um, A lot of times in this game is where I would look to a first-half bet. Right now they're not out yet, so that is something I will look at later in the week and maybe play. Um, I just don't think those players are going to play, but uh, two-and-a-half quarters maybe.
2: Is there any kind of bet that I can make on whether or not Day apologizes for running up the score on this one? Because, <laughs> yeah, like he did with Nebraska, he is not going to do that against Rutgers. He is. That's a great point. He already that. he already
1: got a lot of a lot of crap for that.
0: Now, Day and Shiano obviously know each other quite well. Shiano was on the Ohio State staff just a couple years ago. So, um,
1: and if they're friendly, Dave, there's there's histories of coaches who've coached together,
0: like Saban.
1: He's got a lot of people under his coaching tree that become head coaches. And he there's people who have, who have recorded the data on that, and he generally takes it easy and does not run up, and he does not cover as often, even when they're very big favorites, because he's just respecting the guy that used to work for him over on the other side of the sidelines. That's a, that's a very good point, David.
0: Yeah, so I, I think that, that could be something to watch there. And I think, Skip, I think your advice to look at the first half numbers might be a really good betting advice and maybe take the under just and then you just don't
1: even have to worry about oh man just leave them in for one more series or not you know what i mean yeah Yeah. or you don't have to worry about them going to prevent defense letting rutgers get in with a backdoor cover i mean you're hopefully getting all the starters in the first half so you you're betting on something that you that is a little more certain whether or not it happens or not but you at least are a little more certain of who's going to be on the field
3: yeah, just kind of looking at their history. They they've played six times, and of State's never scored fewer than forty nine points. Uh, you know, most they put up fifty eight. So, you know, even if you're looking at the you know the total game over, it pretty much comes down to what do you think Rutgers is going to be able to do in this game? Because like Skip said, I think after a point, the Buckeyes are just going to kind of pull everyone and rest up for Maryland the next week because they're in that meat of their schedule here in the East and then uh (laughs) so yeah i i'd I'd like that first half i think it'd be your your best bet if you're gonna gonna go for anything in this game so i'm gonna guess it's gonna be around
1: 21 20 20 and a half maybe
0: yeah i could see that That'd be right. a good, under, you know, uh, right under a, a key number of 21. That right. could be pretty tempting.
1: I think if it's anything under 21, I'll take it.
2: This is going to be one of those games where you picture in your head, like, the kid running down the field with the ball in, like, Peewee football, and every time the kid just gets a little bit closer to him, he just kind of, like, takes a little bit step because you know he's faster than the other kid. He just doesn't want to make him look too bad, you know, so he just runs, like, another yard faster, you know, like almost like a Usain Bolt sort of race or something in, in the four by one or something where... Did this happen wanna...
1: to you a lot, uh, playing?
2: <laughs> well, I was I was that kid in, in track and field. You can look up my times if you'd like, Skip, back in California. But, back to yeah. the
0: game. Uh, <laughs> back to the game. Skip, I do want to throw out another theory, I guess, with this whole Shiano Day um, familiarity. Uh, I mean, could you imagine a scenario where Shiano knows Ohio State personnel really well and and the offensive schemes because he saw it in practice for, for years and, and has a little bit of um, an advantage that at least a lot of other Ohio State opponents don't have.
1: It's certainly another thing that you would put on it doesn't hurt. It doesn't yeah. hurt that he coached there for one to be days friend to run it up, but also... He's gonna know at least a few things that might get him out, might get him a defensive stop, you know, and keep the game a little closer. Some things yeah. like that, or
0: I can just imagine Shiano, like during an Ohio State practice, like looking at a, an offensive set or whatever, and thinking, "Man, if I if I did this mm-hmm. or that, I'd probably really throw this this uh, wrench in, in this." You know, I'd be I'll be intrigued to see that.
1: Yeah, the familiarity should help him in some way. It's just a matter of
0: how much, and
1: another thing. And does he that, have the talent to stop him?
0: Right. right? All right, great stuff, guys. I think we've covered the Big Ten front to back.
3: BetCast, the Bet-cast
0: Best Bets. All right, guys, it's time for our Best Bets of the Week. Uh, let's, uh, let's throw it over to Producer Skip. What do you got for me, my good friend?
1: All right, as we already talked about in our lock, Unity, I am taking Michigan minus three. I am also going back to the Nevada well, taking them minus 16.5 versus Utah State. Um, Utah State has looked horrible. 215 total yards against San Diego State, only 203 against Boise State. And a boomer, you'll love this special teams play uh, last week when Utah State was down 31-7 with about 11 minutes to go in the fourth. They punted from San Diego State's 36. Dear Lord. Hey. Uh, that yeah. that shows you how much their coach believes in that offense and that team. <laughs>
3: Maybe just a Not lot of faith even, in their defense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, down 31-7 to seven in the fourth, sure. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Nevada is averaging just a hair under 500 yards a game. They are out uh, producing Utah State on offense by an average of 290 yards a game. I love the difference there. I think Utah State is horrible this year, and Nevada, they can chuck the ball around the field, and they can easily cover that seventeen. And finally, I mentioned this one a couple weeks ago, my lock of the week, UCLA, minus six and a half. That's right. The Pac-12 starts back up this week, if you forgot. Um, This was a bet against CU, who hired uh, Carl Durrell, their coach, who had a very mediocre career himself after signing day and right before spring football. That was canceled anyway back in February 23rd. Um, so this was a bet I've been waiting for all off season to bet against CU because of their chaotic offseason that just keeps keeps getting more chaotic. Um, having to shuffle around and cancel some practices due to wildfires out here. Um, but also UCLA returns a third year starter at quarterback while CU uh, their quarterback. Does anyone want to guess where he was on the depth chart last year? He was a cornerback, I believe. He was a was. backup safety. Backup Sam safety. Neuer, their starting QB was a a backup safety last year, so that's who they'll be rolling out. And Utah only or U- UCLA only has to win by a touchdown. I will definitely take that as a bet against CU. I'm going to throw in a bonus fourth because Dave and I were talking right before starting to record it. He was a little shocked, as was Boomer that Virginia Tech was a 15-point favorite over Liberty. Liberty jumping into the top 25 for the first time ever this week. So whenever we see something that weird, I am always intrigued, like, what are we missing? Well, we went back and looked at Liberty's uh, FPI schedule, who they have played this year. Um, the teams of, uh, out of 127, the rankings of the teams Liberty has played this year is 109. 121. One of them's not ranked because they are not even an FBS school in North Alabama. Uh, Moving on, they beat uh, 126, 99, that's their highest of the year, and 119. Okay, their own FPI ranking is 85. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech's, Virginia Tech's ranking is 16. That is a humongous difference. Um, I, I, a little bit like that Indiana love, people just kind of kind of see that line and maybe even bet it down this like why is a 25th team in the country getting 15 points so uh, i might wait for this to go down but i'll probably bet it anyway uh, buy it down to 14 if it doesn't on virginia tech minus 14 uh, on the highly overrated
0: liberty the liberty flames i'd love to see the data if there's ever been a ranked team to, that's an underdog by more than two touchdowns to an unranked team right. only in 2020 would something like that happen right? I would like
1: to see ESPN's data of the lowest FBI ranked team to ever make the AP top 25 in this case that's 85 and, and to 25 that's a 60 slot difference
0: Liberty's 85th 85th wow. in FBI and they're in the top 25 Extraordinary. strange
1: years boys very strange year.
0: Well, Skip, I think you took a couple of mine, but I'll, I'll get to mine here in a, a bit. Let's go to Redcash Rob. Um, I'm, I'm with you on the Nevada pick uh, versus Utah State,
2: mainly for the reason Nevada, I've, I'm 2-0 with them on the season so far, so I'm really liking them. Those late-night games for me are always fun. I didn't look at what time this game's being played. I don't really care because Utah State is just horrible. End of story. There it is. Nevada doesn't beat them by 16.5 points it's because they're putting in their 15th string quarterback and the coach's son is the running back. Um, With Minnesota and Illinois, I think I was already clear on that one. I'm going to take the under of 62 on that one. Neither one of these teams inspires me. They don't look like they're inspired. um, And quite frankly, they look like they're over it. They just want to be out of the season. Um, My lock of the week this week, going back to the SEC, even though Georgia broke my heart in in week number one, I'm taking Florida at a plus three right now uh, over Georgia. Um, Georgia doesn't score anywhere near the points that Florida does um, consists, on a consistent basis during the game. And, I mean, just watching both those teams play this season, Florida wants it more. Um, for whatever reason, teams either want it or they don't this year. That's just the way it's been. They, I don't think it's even going to be a competitive game. I think Florida covers probably – I would I would probably put them up two scores at least on that
0: one. That is a bold statement, Rob. Wow. Yes, it is. I'll gotta lose by two touchdowns. And then <laughs> and then uh, I am also going
2: to take Oklahoma over Kansas because I promised that I would continue to bet oh man. I promised that I would continue to bet against Kansas until they beat me. Um and even if the spread's at 37 and a half, I'm still taking OU at 37 and a half over Kansas. You can lock that one in as well.
1: Ride the wave, Rob. Ride the wave. Well, I am from
2: California, and I did surf as a kid, so I'm holding steady. <laughs> Hang,
3: all
0: ten. Right. Hang 10, bro. Uh, all right, Boomer.
3: All right, some good stuff there. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting choices this week. You know, I liked Skip's breakdown of the Liberty Virginia Tech game. You know, he's probably right on that. You know, if you if you did you just really want to gamble and you thought the Flames had something, gonna catch everyone by surprise, you can get them on the money line at about you know plus 460, so you get a decent return on that. You know, um, but certainly not a pick I would make. Um, the ones the ones we've looked at, you know, we already mentioned Michigan is I think a lock for everybody. You take Michigan at minus three, feel pretty good at that one. Uh, The other two games I had circled uh, earlier this week, uh, when the line opened, you could get Cincinnati at minus 10.5 with Houston. So Cincinnati's looking pretty solid, and I'd feel pretty good at 10.5 points there. So they're looking to try to get their way into the playoffs, uh, which is certainly in the realm of possibility for them this year. So I expect them to be playing hard and playing to win and try to get style points on that. And the other game I looked at was uh, Coastal Carolina and South Alabama, the over-under at 55. Um... Coastal Carolina can put up a lot of points, and South Alabama is usually good for about 20-some a game, so I think you take the over on that, and uh, should be pretty comfortable with it. So. Dave, I like what, yeah, I like it too. Dave, what do you got?
0: Yeah, well, um, we definitely have some lock unity going on here with the Michigan. I'm definitely taking that game. I just I feel like that is a, a situation where Indiana is good but not that good, and I'm also on the uh, Virginia Tech uh, minus 14. So those are, are two that I'm aligned with, with skip and, and others with uh, other two, since we're, since those are two lock unities, I'm going to do a couple of my own. Um, I'm looking at army air force and uh, you almost always wanted to take the under in these military Academy games, but the uh, over under is at 41. And I think that's just, that's too low. Um, these are both teams that can score points. Skip, I think you mentioned Air Force had 30 points versus Boise last week. Um, Army can score two. So it it might be tight, but I'm going to take the over on 41, Army versus Air Force. And then also looking at that uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, uh, Ugga versus Florida. And both of these are defensive-minded coaches, uh, even though, uh, Florida does have uh more offensive weapons, I think, than, than Georgia. Uh, I think Mullen will probably play this pretty close to the vest, knowing that he doesn't need to score that much. And I'll take the under at fifty-two and a half with the Georgia Florida game.
3: What's the over under on uh fist fights in this game from, with Mullen and you know? <laughs> one and a half. Oh, probably one and a half.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, I think that's uh, some pretty solid bets. We also have uh, Vegas Jairs picks, right, Skip?
1: Yes, we do. He's got Nebraska getting three and a half over Northwestern. Uh, He's picking Clemson, minus six over Notre Dame. And Buffalo, who's playing right now over Northern Illinois. Uh, Buffalo was favored by 11, and I believe they are rolling in that one.
0: Yeah, I think he's already got that one in the bag first mac action of the year thanks
1: for the heads up on that vegas chair
0: (laughs) we'd only recorded earlier and got this out before that game yeah
1: i guess we gotta start recording uh mondays now (laughs) a quick bit of this week's education is i just want to remind you guys to take the whole i'm sorry i just want to encourage you guys to take the whole week to find betting nuggets we're recording late wednesday night Uh, We even are listening and reading more stuff throughout the week on Thursdays and Fridays, learning more, finding more interesting points that maybe make a side one way or another. Um, There's just not enough time for us to have all of our, you know, consumer content uh, absorbed by Wednesday evening. And I want that to be known for you guys to keep looking out there. Um, A few examples just from last week. Uh, Vegas Jair picked the LSU over at 66. I At the time of our show recording, I had no feeling on that. Um, but then I heard a little nugget later in the week that, you know, T.J. Finley was playing quarterback again for them, and he had only attempted 21 passes the week before, whereas opposed to Miles Brennan was averaging over 43 pass attempts a game. So you kind of do that um, game script, analysis and thinking well they're not putting the ball in finley's hands they're passing less they're running more little much more of a lean towards the under in that game uh they just don't trust finley like they do brennan it turned out the uh, the under hit look i'm not saying i'm smarter that always happens i just had a nugget that i got to me on uh friday as opposed to wednesday same thing with dave picking uh i think it was tulsa over east carolina i had happened to hear a little thing later hadn't looked into it that east carolina was getting their starting quarterback back um and even but dave talked me down from betting more on michigan by uh, us talking it out and him telling you know reminding me of these seven turnovers they had and uh, you know so i only put a little bit on michigan instead after kind of reconsidering although they messed me on a really big money line parlay but it's just kind of those things like that. I just want to encourage people to always be looking throughout the week. We kind of only know a lot what we know because some of these, like the Mountain West for me or the Big Ten for all of us, are things we follow more. But I'm, I'm constantly looking after we're done recording for other sexy nuggets that might you know, even be a best bet for me once I kind of absorb something. On a Thursday or Friday, another example of this would be Colorado State playing Thursday night. They have yet to name a starting quarterback, and they're playing Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming is a three and a half point favorite to four and a half point favorite. Um, I will heavily bet that game on Wyoming if a certain quarterback is named starter. But if it's <laughs> Patrick, right. if it's Patrick O'Brien, former Husker, who's named the starter, I'm gonna stay away. And the coaches have purposely been holding the – naming the starter uh, close to their vest in the best interest of their team. So we might not know for an hour or two before the game, but that is something I'm going to seek out. And uh, I may may make a bet on that information. So always looking throughout the week. And I encourage you guys to do the same uh, to find um, good information that leads you to bet something where the line starts to look different. And uh, like there's more value on one side. As opposed to just the first glance, like when we saw, wait, why is Liberty just getting 15? That seems like a lot. But you dig into it, take some of that time, you might uh, find a side you like a lot.
0: I think that's really good advice, Skip, and I just wanted to add to that really quick. is like I agree, I, I'm, I'm looking at stuff on Thursday and Friday, and there's so much more information out there as the week goes on. So it's definitely worth... Um, I think a part of the fun of this sports betting thing is actually trying to be the most knowledgeable fan you can be and picking up those nuggets and seeing if you can find something that maybe other folks haven't. Um, but listening to everyone else's, um, you know, thoughts really helps you zero in on certain things that you want to, want to do. So I think it's really good advice.
1: And okay. Just know, um, if you're having some troubles with gambling problems there's always the national council of problem gambling we encourage you to get in touch with them they have a helpline network 1-800-522-4700 ncpgambling.org you can chat with somebody there to find some resources Uh, we encourage you to bet as a hobby don't bet what you don't have and have fun with it and uh, let's make some money this week
0: all right let's call that a go big bet cast gbr